You're listening to Behind the Desk, a student's podcast. Welcome back to the podcast, all about my time in a recording studio. And not just anybody, but a student who doesn't know everything. And that's really what I want to talk about today. I don't know everything, I'll admit it. I really don't know everything there is to know. And if I did, I'd be a god or an omnipotent being or David Attenborough. But I do know some things, especially when it comes to mixing. Yes, today I will share my mixing knowledge with you and give you a taste of how we mix tracks in the studio. But before I begin, I'm going to be cheeky and give a little shout out to my Instagram. If you look up Wellesley Media, you'll find a bunch of digital arty things that I do. Or if you look on YouTube, you can check out my other podcast, the Wellesley Weekly Podcast. My first podcast. That word's been used too many times. Anyway, it shows that it's my first time doing a podcast. It really does. Um... But it's okay, everybody has to start somewhere, and it'd be good to listen to see how I've kind of progressed in the way of speaking, equipment, and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, that's enough shameless promoting today, let's get back to mixing. So, I keep using this word mixing, but what exactly is it? Well. Put simply, it's the editing you do to audio recordings after you've recorded. So anything from chopping and splitting up audio to adding effects and plugins. And when you mix, there is no right way or wrong way to do it. Like literally, you could do anything from the very minute changes to extreme and crazy nonsense stuff. But to quote a very tall lecturer of mine, If it sounds right, it is right. Kind of like art, in the sense that there's rules people generally follow, but the possibilities and variations of work is endless. And that's what mixing is. It's art, but just in audio form. I like that idea, actually. Now, every track I mix is different. The way I approach it is different, and sometimes I'll do something completely different because it's one of those projects, you know. So I don't want to tell you what to do or how to do something. Instead, I want to take you through a project I did at work and basically share the steps for this one particular track so you get an understanding of my workflow. Now, obviously, I can't share the track with you for copyright reasons and stuff, and I haven't asked the rapper if I can use their track, so explaining it should be interesting, but I'll do my best. Okay, imagine you're in a recording studio, loaded onto the computer. On one channel, you have a backing track that you've been sent by a rapper. On another channel, you have a rapper's main vocals. Another channel has its ad-libs on it, The main vocal and ad-libs are going to a vocal group or a vocal bus, so you can edit them both at the same time. And finally, you have two sends, one with reverb and the other has delay. And that's all you have, 
there's been no balancing of levels, there's been no plugins or effects added, it's just the audio files and the sends. Maybe like track colours just to make it look a bit nicer. So that's what we're working with. Now, the first thing I did was to comp everything, and that means taking the best takes and mashing them all together so I have a solid foundation to work on. I included fade-ins, fade-outs, as well as cross-fades when needed. And then I went onto each vocal channel and added a high-pass filter and set it to about 100Hz. This basically gets rid of low-end rumble or low harmonies that have been picked up during the recording. Plus, the fact that humans can't get much lower than 85Hz it seems almost pointless to keep those frequencies in because it's not going to add to the vocals that you've just recorded. And that's just on the vocal channels. And I might add it on the vocal bus as well. I can't completely remember if I did or I didn't. Then I moved on to adding some compression. And for this, I mostly used the CLA 2A. I just really like the simplicity of this compressor and when the settings are not overdone it sounds really really good. And for this track I think I had the gain set at about 40 and the peak reduction set at about 60. I didn't need to do too much compressing because it was, I'm pretty sure it was a freestyle rap so there didn't need to be that much variation in the dynamics because when he recorded it there wasn't that much variation of dynamics to begin with. And that sounded good with the CLA-2A, and it was a rapper track, and I've noticed something with rappers, and it's the way they sing. A lot of them have less dynamics compared to a pop singer or an opera singer, and the style in which they sing is to keep their vocal dynamics fairly consistent. So the compressor setting didn't need to be over the top or like really heavily compressed because if you did the vocals would start to duck and sound muffled and not many people like that sound for their vocals. But that was the basics for how I compressed this track, it was just on the vocals. The other intern, Tom, now he's pretty good at mixing so I've been taking a couple of hints and tricks from his mixing to include in mine. And one thing I've borrowed is to start using a saturator on vocals when they need them. Now for anybody who doesn't know what a saturator is, it's basically adding a little warm fuzzy bit of compression and distortion to make the audio sound warm. And of course I've tried it on the main vocals and it worked really well. Now I can't remember the exact parameters I used because if I'm honest I couldn't explain them properly. It's one of those plugins where I know the basic gist of what it does, but I don't know how it completely works. So what I did for this bit, I was literally just turning dials, faders, and listening here and there, you know, tweaking settings, turning them full and silent to hear what they do and how they sound. And eventually I found something that I liked. But sometimes I can also think, this isn't working, let's just scrap it. And I think this way of just like tweaking settings and stuff is probably not the most effective way to do things, but it is a good way to learn what a plugin does, kind of. I mean, 
You get to know by ear what it does and how it works, but you won't magically learn the theory of why it sounds like that. But overall, I think it's a good stepping point into learning how a plugin works, just by tweaking it and just messing around with it really. And you can always do the research after a session. But getting back to this track, I added the saturator and it worked. I tweaked the settings and it sounded really nice. Finally, I added a deesser, and it does exactly what it sounds. It reduces the gain of sibilant sounds. And the reason you add this, well, it's for a few reasons thinking about it. One is because sibilant sounds or S sounds are quite harsh and you don't want a harsh sound on a vocal really. It'll distract from the ambience and the feel of the song almost. And getting rid of it sounds nicer to a listener's ears. And two, sibilant sounds can be not always, but can be quite transient, and they can peak in the audio. If they aren't taken out, I guess it could have an effect on how your compression works, because if your sibilant sounds are the loudest part then you, and then you compress, yes you've reduced the S sounds, but they're still prominent in the vocals, because all you've done is reduced the floor noise in your recording well, the distance between the floor noise in your recording to the peak of the of the sibilant sounds. So you haven't really got rid of the sibilant sounds at all. You've just made the dynamics squashed, essentially. I don't really know how to explain what I mean fully, but you get the idea. Sibilant sounds are not your friend, and many vocalists would like to have them reduced. Not got rid of completely, but just reduced. And for the track I worked on, I'm pretty sure I used the Waves Deesser and set it to around 5kHz. I played around with other frequencies, you know, like boosting it to about 5.5-6kHz, but the 5kHz that I set it at originally worked pretty well. And also I know a little bit of theory, so it's like male vocals will have some sibilance around 4kHz to 7kHz-ish but it obviously depends on the individual. I just happened to get very lucky and found the right frequency at the start. And in terms of mixing, I think that's all I did with these vocals. Like I said, we only recorded the vocals and we could only really mix the vocals. I didn't really touch the backing track because that was already a mastered track that I'd been sent. And other than the mastering and the balancing of levels, that track was pretty much done. So yeah, that was a track I mixed. Like I said at the start, every track is different and the way people mix is different. But I hope this was interesting to see, or at least hear, how I approach a mix or what I do to mixing vocals. If you would have done anything different, let me know. I'd love to hear what you think. It's always fun to just hear what other people have in, or do in terms of mixing because sometimes they'll do something they haven't really thought of, which is really cool in my opinion. So that is the end of the podcast for today. Thank you for taking the time to listen and I hope you've enjoyed what you've heard. If you have any questions about what I've said today, drop us a message down below in the comments or you can ask me on my Facebook page at Wellsy Media. 
the link will be in the description. I've been John and I look forward to seeing you in the next one.